do have a clip. We'll put that for a clip. It's just cadals. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Witty Banter Show. This is episode number 170. 70. Nice clean number for a nice clean episode. I am your host today, Maxwell Scott. With me today, resident nice guy, Hunter. (laughs) You seemed like you had to really inch that one out. Resident nice guy. He's nice. Okay, I'll take it. For sure, right? There are worse things. The only reason you look so nice is because now we have a resident badass over here. (laughs) Mr. Chase Lee. Fucking hard-ass dude over here. I have a personality now, so yeah, check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it bought it. On his body now. The Mr. Body. Chase Williams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing today, Chase? I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying the unemployed life. Of course. As that continues to, to wear on me in, in different ways. I put out a shitload of job applications today. Because right. I basically do it in, like, droves. I yeah. basically apply to a bunch of places, and then I just don't worry about it for a little bit. Until I start feeling the anxiety again, then I just fucking rocket it out again. You got to let the wheel Absolutely. come all the way around. You can't yeah. just like slowly drip water on something. You just got to like <laughs> let a huge wave hit it all at once. And right. then you come back with another wave of water. Yeah, and you're like, soak, God, soak that right. shit up. What is it? Well, what does any person on his during unemployment do except for get fucking tatted up, bro? Yeah. I was getting my hair <laughs> cut. Right. And then my girlfriend, Andrew, was like, dude. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, oh, and put it in front of my face while I was getting my hair cut and showed me the picture of your new tat. And I was like, yeah. damn, that turned out really fucking good. And you flipped out Thanks. and you cut yeah, off and the I was like, what? And then I have this huge razor cut right through the middle of my head right now. So, <laughs> But yeah, dude, no, the tattoo looks fucking awesome. It's your first tattoo. You're the cool. only person tatted up on the show. It's no? true. Yeah. So you're obviously inherently cooler than all of us now. I guess, I guess so. I'm pretty sure that's how the street cred works. I feel like nowadays everyone and their mother who is our age kind of has one. Right. So I don't really know how it works out. Into, like, as it used to be, like, especially the old, the guys who made tattooing what it was in America, they were fucking hard dudes. Like, not the kind of guys that I would, I'm too soft for them. I can't no. be, you know. <laughs> you didn't do, like, the old school style where you, like, went into, like, a small hut and you were yeah. like, I want to get this picture of this this video game character and stuff. And you were like, more okay. of a Weenie Hut Junior kid. I Weenie Hut Junior did for sure. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> well, you've graduated now, and you've gone over to the Salty Splatoon. That's so, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How was the process of getting the tat and everything? I know it's been a long time coming. It was a long time coming. When I think about the whole how long the idea has been percolating and even talking to Darren about like, when did this whole like thing really start? We think it's been about like three years from me going to like, I think I might want to get one of these to like, what would it be to this is what it, I think I I would want to then finally like finding an artist and doing all that stuff. So it's been a long time coming, but um, I found an artist who is just very well established, had been doing has been doing tattoos for like fifteen years. Her name is Heather Bailey and you can find her on Instagram. Uh cool. I recommend yeah, you to follow her. Her work is Good badass. Old Woody Banter Bump right there. there yeah. Those four extra follows are from us. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. babies. Let's let it know. Yeah. yeah, they're all babies too. They love baby tattoos. <laughs> and in sixteen years when they are legally able to get a tattoo, they'll be hitting you up. Yeah, so I chose her work because I liked her style the most and you know, I'd learned through this whole process that really what you're doing is you're just choosing someone who's going to like render your idea. You're not going to, because they're an artist, you're not going to really tell them what to draw. They're going to draw, they're going to make their own art. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but it was kind of funny and I have a little story. So I went to the consultation like three weeks ago and I gave her, I told her the idea, gave her all my reference material. Like here's images of the bonfire, uh, which by the way, I got, for those who don't know, I got link, um, lighting a bonfire from dark souls. Right. That was Mm -hmm. the concept. Um, gave her all the pictures. When I showed up on Saturday, um, she was like, all right, here, here it is. Like, what do you think? And it was, and it was the bonfire. And I was like, Oh, like immediately I was like, let's make these couple tweaks. And then I was like, well, but you know, is it, is like, he going to be behind it or is he going to be over here? And she was like, kind of looking confused. She was like, he, and I was like, yeah, link. And she was like this look of surprise and shock across her face. And she was like, Oh my God, I totally forgot about that part. That's the <laughs> first time that this has happened. And literally for an hour, Drew had it like drew link like on the spot and I kind of got to go back and forth with her about like you know how he looked and things like that Um, which was kind of interesting right because you have this idea of like oh you know you're about to get this permanent mark in your body you want it to be perfect right right but honestly through this whole process I really it's been it's been um, I realize now just how like fluid any sort of design partnership is and the tattoo um, experience has just been indicative of that, of where, like, when I went to the consultation, I was very much like, here's what I want. But I was I relinquished as much as I could detail wise to her. I was like, she's going to give me what she gives me. And she even said, like, you're not going to see the drawing until you until the day of. And I'm like, all right, you know, you just got to roll with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's like kind of a part of the story now of, of me getting it. But I think it still turned out well, man. I, I'm I'm blown away, like. There's different aspects of the image that totally exceeded my expectations, you know. Yeah, that's man. awesome. That's also yeah, it's kind of a cool combination of like, let me work on this for a long time and get this down, but also you can be here for this part of the process. Yeah, you got to actually kind of work with me a little bit, maybe there. more than you kind would. of a unique experience in that sense. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, man, it turned out really well. Looks really good, stylish, thank you, thank but you. also full of substance too, because I know those of those games are very important to you and have also led you to the the uh, position you're in now. It's very so. true. Awesome. Style and substance. You don't always get that, of course. Sizzle and sausage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rocket but, and sauce. You know, badass people, they have tattoos, for sure. Badass people also drink alcohol, the drink for the sure. Bros, cool people drink alcohol. I mean, that's pretty much the law of nature. Let's be real, right? So what are we drinking over here today, Hunter? So I don't know if I've ever actually reviewed this. I don't think I have, but this is... Like, basically one of my favorite beers because of my study abroad that I did in 2014. This is the Pilsner Urquell, brewed right. in Pilsen, Czech Republic. Uh, it says, the original Pilsner. And I'm pretty sure that's Because it, it is. is. <laughs> that's the one. Um, <laughs> Made by John Pilsner. <laughs> yeah, so on the, <laughs> on the back, it says, in 1842, the Citizens Brewery of Pilsen brewed the world's first golden Pilsner and never stopped. We make it in the same way, in the same place, with 100% of our ingredients from the same farming regions in Czech, as always. And it just, for me, fully embodies, like, this style or this region of Europe's just beer selection. I feel like everything in the Czech Republic that I had kind of was a copy of this type of, like, feel to the beer. Like, you have your kind of normal pilsner taste and then it has just this little bit of extra something that i don't know what it is but i love it and now it just reminds me of of going to europe so yeah, 
Yeah, I just uh, I honestly just you. bought it for shits and gigs because this is a nice little special episode. Yeah, but we're gonna we're just gonna drink it up too and maybe review it. Absolutely. Yeah, don't want to stray too far from the norm. You know, people yeah. want to be maintained, <laughs> fed the same thing over and over again for sure. <laughs> Chase, what are you drinking today? Uh, did we say why this episode was special? Did we say there was a five year anniversary. I was going to wait after it, but Damn either way, of course. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, just cat out of the bag, the Chase. Phone, hey, Max, why don't you take the steering wheel? Oh, hold on. This is how you drive. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. We'll but get yeah, to that yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Just to throw it out there, yeah. it is a little bit of a special episode for sure. We are celebrating five years, right? Five. That's pretty great. Five when whole years. you think about years. it. And we're going to do the whole thing in a Christopher Walken accent. Thank God. Thank, yeah. Well, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone to the end of my ability. Let's go to plan B instead, guys, where we just have an awesome jam-packed episode, a few questions about who we are and stuff like that. It's going to be cool. Chase, yeah. what are you drinking? So it, it being a bit of a special occasion, I chose what has canonically been my favorite scotch, which is the Lagavulin 16. And I honestly haven't drank it in a long time. And the fact that we're, I've gone through all of these other whiskeys and we're New Game Plus in it, I'm kind of interested to actually come back to it in an objective way and see if it's still is one of my favorites if I still consider it one of the best, you know. Right. Now that you're older. You know, yeah. Now that you're five years aged. You're tattooed now. Yeah, you have exactly. a tattoo now. So Is, is, that, like, oh, everything is that an extra level up item? Oh, or? absolutely. Oh, He's I'm drinking this whiskey like, rotter, like water, man. It's like nothing. Scotch, <laughs> nothing anymore. I've been mocked by the dragon. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was tight. Oh, man. Well, we're excited to hear about how that turns out, Chase. But this is going to be, like I said, a little bit of a special episode. You know, not going to stray too far from the norm, but I think we're going to be going through a little bit of questions, maybe about our past up until now. I'm excited to hear about it because, you know, we are all celebrating. But of course, I'm really only celebrating my like I'm like two and a half ish, two years old. You've, pretty wild. you've been grandfathered right, yeah. all the way in. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking like <laughs> I thought it was only two and a half years old. No, no, no. They did make episodes before I got on. It was, <laughs> right. it was a weird. It was a dark time for yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, without further ado, gentlemen, why don't we just hop right into the business here? This is Witty Banter. Five years older, five years wiser, gentlemen. We've had a lot of guests come and go. We've had a lot of fun episodes. We've had a lot of dark, dreary episodes. Yeah. Some right. DC Universe episodes, some right? Really, yeah. Some For all tough, the Marvel times we've had. We've had some tough Yeah, absolutely, of course, man. <laughs> so I kind of want to take this moment and just kind of reconcile on some of the, the events that have happened, right? Relatively in recent memory, or just you can go as far back into the vault as you want. Okay. We also reached out to the Witty Banter viewers, Mm-hmm. Right, and they were able to scrounge up a few extra questions for us today regarding the state of witty banter, what they like, all the other shit that they didn't like. <laughs> yeah, most of that. And just yeah, really mostly that. Yeah, we're gonna be addressing that for the most part. Yeah. But before we dive on into that, guys, I just wanted to kind of ask you where we are as a show now, right? And looking back at the very first concept that we that you guys had going, has it deviated? a whole bunch or do you feel like you're still doing the witty banter chuck like do you feel like you've you've strayed from what you expected going forward i know personally that um after our first couple of episodes i remember hearing an insight from i think emily maxwell because uh, she Shout listened out. to one of our episodes and uh she was like yeah it basically just listen it sounds like you're eavesdropping on a couple of best friends having a beer and I think that's 
kind of still what we we go we we actually still go for. I think we've definitely done things to spruce it up. I think the, our quality has increased as far as um, you know the 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 production content. Uh, I think we've definitely you know kept a lot of rolling jokes. We have a lot of uh, games that we play. We have a lot of you know news topics that we like to check in on and stuff. But ultimately, I still think that the idea is best friends get together drink some alcohol and talk about stuff that they like to talk about. Yeah. And right on. I think that's, I think that's the ultimate, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the show has taken on an identity and it's, it's funny because we have even recently talked about like, how can we change things up a little bit and maybe, um, introduce just like change the format, even in the slightest bit. And I find that it's almost hard to do that. Like we almost continually just come back to, what the show has been always, you know, with like the news item, like we started as a show that did news and we would rock it through like 15 things <laughs> yeah. in like 30 minutes. I don't know how we did that Hunter, by the way, we, <laughs> we went would, from going to like, hop on and hop off real quick. Yeah. We would do like 13 items a show to doing like two to four, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. that's been kind of like a gradual change and progression. That's kind of stuck around, I think. Um, but no, I, I think, I think honestly the, the uh, like the intro and the buffers that we have really keep the show at like feeling coherent, you know, and I've always like really liked it for that. Um, and, you know, when we were at in Austin doing the show, we kind of got to get a little loose with it at times and do like one off episodes and stuff like that that we don't really do as much anymore. But I think overall, like we kind of found the structure of the show, which in a lot of ways was kind of the popular structure of podcasts at the time, you know, which is why it works so well. And it's, it's kind of stuck there, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Are there any uh, specific experiences or episodes that like really come to mind that you feel like, like what I, what I would say, like if somebody was getting into witty banter for the first time, I don't know how they would just now be hearing about us, mm-hmm. right? That'd be wild. But is there any like specific episode that you would maybe pitch to them? And I know that's a tough question, so I wanted yeah. to tell you guys the one that I commonly use if somebody tells me. Okay. Right? Okay. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I usually go and have to find it for the person. Mm-hmm. But it's the one where shout outs to this guy too as well, because I think he brings a lot of energy every time he's on the show. Yeah. And that's Alex Van Aken. Yeah. And then every right. time he's on the show, for some reason there's like a really like extra bit of banter if yeah. you will little, little energy a little juice a little bit of more energy he's very playful you know he doesn't get too <laughs> defensive if you poke fun at him which is awesome he fights back which is great because uh-huh. you should probably expect that if you come on here as a guest honestly mm-hmm. uh, but for some reason we just seem to jive with that dude yeah and there was two episodes of course there's the one where we reviewed dunkirk which is great and there's also the one more recently where we reviewed uh, annihilation too as well both of those yeah are really excellent episodes and for some reason i just feel like the jokes were a plenty but also <laughs> they were like structured and had an idea to them you know like you went in there and you expected you know you're going in there for a review right and you got some actual substantial information out of it so and i really like oh sorry i was was just gonna say the the game that we play on that dunkirk episode it's episode 114 uh is really funny we did a heroes or zeros it, it was oh. a three. It was you hosting a three-way heroes or zeros, and it was pretty fucking hysterical. Was it? Oh, yeah. Awesome. That also must have been why. I, yeah. So which episode was it? One fourteen. One fourteen. That yeah. might, that's my personal suggestion. Okay. What about you, Chase? What are you saying? I think like honestly, either the first time or the second time we introduced Metal or Magic is a mm. dynamite episode. I remember listening to that in uh, in my office at my first job after graduating college. I was I had the whole office to myself that day. And I was 
you know, and it's one thing to like laugh at your own podcast. There's always like an inherent, you know, smelling your own farts there to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Of course. Um, But I was laughing really hard at that. I think Metal or Magic is still one of the best uh, games that we've come up with on the show. Like it's just an easy concept to understand and it just works so well. Um, But yeah, also some of my favorite ones are even just the the one-off ones that we did um, back when the show when we were doing it in Austin still, I love the deep cuts that we did with Ahmed the very first yeah, time. Absolutely. And that was kind of like a flagship moment of like showing that we wanted to do more serious content. And as even, yeah. you could probably even trace that desire even to the um, podcast, like the greatest game that Hunter helped produce and stuff like that. We're like, that itch is still there, you know? Um, and there's been some other good moments that I'm sure we'll get to when these other questions come up, but that the the deep cuts ones and anytime that we had on like a big uh, cast of guests, like one time we had like Steven Shivana and David Wilson on and we talked about like Formula One and stuff, which like not a lot of people relate to. But we also talked about the Apple Watch reveal in that episode. Mm-hmm. And that was actually like a really funny, sarcastic conversation because Steven Shivana is like a really biting wit. Um, <laughs> I really like that one, too. Yeah, I was also going to give a shout out to our deep cuts because I still think about some of those conversations uh, to this day about, you know, like, would we be better off with or without religion? You know, like, right. Uh, there was also one about, uh, like, what is your interpretation of being talented or being intelligent? Yeah. Which oh, yeah. Cole really gave us that question. Well. Yeah. We talked about what freedom is. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And uh, it's the, free. The uh, <laughs> a hefty fucking fee. <laughs> Um, the, the episode that we revealed metal or magic was episode 63 and, uh, wow, that is wild. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that far ago. Honestly, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was episodes old halfway through 2016, two years old. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So, um, I also liked, let's see <laughs> episode 75. We taught, we do a heavy metal six pack. Oh and, yeah. And I really, uh, we got to bring that segment back. I really like yeah. that. Segment. And we talk, there's one uh, news segment where we talk about like <laughs> masturbating in, in Italy in public or something and I remember how that it's like one, yeah. Del, yeah, I del, illegalized that. or whatever. And so that was kind of funny. Um, I mean, obviously there's like those flagship episodes where, you know, like meeting um, with uh, Tyrell, you know, episode 40 uh, at the Thirsty Planet uh, brewery was al- always really sick. Um, our first uh, barbecue show was really sick. I really liked our episode with uh, Max. Weedy Banner goes to the moon. Uh, oh yeah, Max I also Keller. got a lot of people for some reason like happened to catch that one. Well, because like, we also like had some yeah. photos to go with yeah. it, and it was just a good, it was a good conversation. Yeah, it that's was, been one of the was. crappy parts about not being in the same place is that like our photos are old now, and I really want new ones because photos are yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. True. So we got to get together and take some this this like holiday break or something for sure. Or just take some. We'll take some and then we'll just Photoshop you into the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we could probably do some funny shit with that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm down to run with it. All just hanging out, having a beer. You're like arbitrarily smaller than the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Chase. Do you Photoshop my arms uh, to be smaller and yours to be bigger? <laughs> what do you? What? That's a photo, dude. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, there's some funny moments to kind of reconcile on. Chase, I'm going to bring it over to you. Yes. Maybe you have any extra questions for us here at the So Witty I put Banter out Hub. a tweet to the Witty Banter audience and they responded in droves. So I have to say thank you. And this is also That's just sick. a thank you to everybody who's listened to the show over the years and continues to make us a part of your week every week, you know. It's right. obviously yeah. like it's uh 
it's humbling and it's kind of an honor. You know, that's cool. We've it's been a, feeling the love the last few weeks. We've genuinely yeah. met people through the show that yeah. I've had staying, like staying power with. Yeah. I can right. reach out to and it's not weird. Yeah, that's great. So our first question comes from Cole Blooded. Cold-blooded. Cold the one true sea breezy. He knows Dewey. Absolutely. Says, congrats, boys. He wants to know, what's the best question you've ever gotten on the show? So kind of like a meta question. Oh, boy. She's the best. The best question. question. Um, well, we were talking today. Uh, your girlfriend, Mandy, brought up a pretty good question that yeah. came up. That she, was a long one ago, <laughs> right? She, like, she liked episode 64's email where uh, Dunter asks... If, uh, you know, if we were stra- uh, marooned on an island that we couldn't leave from and we had to pick two Pokemon to stay with, well, how would we yeah. pick? And, and what it has to be for, for survivability reasons, right? Not just your favorite Pokemon. Right. We had some funny responses in that one. For sure. Because ours right. were survivability and Chase's was terrible. Chase was, Chase that. liked yeah. Moltres and... <laughs> Moltres and Chansey remember. or something. I had, yeah, you, I mean, I, I you had think it had to be something there. Come on. <laughs> I don't remember my reasoning exactly right now, but the I remember it being The thing about questions these days is I truly feel like I'm not like good at answering them anymore. I really feel like a bit of the wit has died in the chase we brain. may need to do, you know, a behind the curtain situation where we read the questions in advance, maybe yeah. do a little thinking. And then come and approach them on the show because there are definitely times when I've like left the show and be like, "Fuck!" Like that would have been way better of a question, hey, man. way better of an answer to that. Lagrange can be devastating. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. um, Dooney's come in with some bangers too before. You know, yeah, he puts up these hypotheticals and stuff. I mean, I, I honestly am having trouble now remembering like super landmark questions. I mean, I honestly, we had a, a friend called named called named Greg Evans on the show. <laughs> Who made a mm. segment where he asked, do cows enjoy being milked? And I actually was, fucking loved that segment. That was a great question. We That's had a good a time question. with that one. That's a philosophical question. Because we went question. into the complexities about like, no, no, it's it's do cows like lactose intolerant people? That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, because there's like three or four layers. To do they want to be milked? And yeah, of course. Yeah. For sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> That's very meta. That was probably one of the better ones we've gotten. No, absolutely. All right. Next question comes from Brandon Wilson, who is of the OKB's OK podcast alumni. Really nice guy. Dope. I don't know if I've met that guy before. We should have him on eventually. He actually has a very similar style to Hunter. Like he reminds me of the Hunter of their podcast. Mm. Um, okay, so he's a fucking genius. He's, yeah. yeah, he's Handsome. brilliant, uh, talented. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a bearded version of you, man. Exactly. He says, "How do you think y'all have grown individually as a result of the podcast?" Oh, well, cool I, question. yeah, that is a good question. I think I'm able to carry myself a lot more in like a vocal presence. You know, I think I'm able to speak outwardly. And it also actually helps a lot with my current like studies because I'm studying to become an interpreter, which means yeah. I need to know sign language. And then I also need to be able to read sign language and like tell it to people mm-hmm. in a, you know, manner that is cohesive and to make sense to people. And that's actually helped a lot. I feel like if I just kind of use my stage voice, when yeah. I go into like little mock interpretations in the middle of class, everybody's like, wow, <laughs> this guy's really good. And I'm like, I'm not even sure if I know exactly what this guy's saying, but I'll say it confidently, damn it. And <laughs> yeah, I'll say right. it at everybody. So yeah. that's probably what I've gotten the most out of it, I think. I think, you know, it's, it's helped me. It's helped me in a, in a few different ways. One of which is, you know, sometimes I would reach lulls during some of the, some of the periods where we were going through where I was like, I don't want to do the mixing 
I don't <laughs> want to do it, you know. But but at the end of the day, you realize that it's still something that you love doing, and you know that you're that you're dedicated to it. And so it it has actually pushed me to keep trying to come up with new buffers and make the quality better. And um, I get to make new beeps and stuff every time, so that's fun. Um, and then as far as yeah, as far as the stage presence thing goes, just being able to kind of um, improvise, but not bullshit, right? Like right. being able to speak to something kind of on the fly, but not not just completely talking out not of your just butthole. recycle the same four like responses. Yeah, right. Because I mean, there is a certain amount of being on your toes that, like, when you have to field some of these questions or talk about some of these news articles that I know I haven't heard from or whatever. That uh, you know, in order to make it interesting or worth listening to, you gotta be able to put some sort of insight or perspective behind it, right? Even if you don't really have one to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah, <and> even <laughs> even doing it. interviews on the show um, has helped me talk to people as well. Where when you're re- when you're recording and you want the conversation to be good, you get you you become more skilled at like having the conversation that's ongoing, and then like taking bits and pieces and storing them in your mind to lead the conversation in a different direction as soon as that piece is over with, you know? And like when we have very rare guests like Tyrell or Max Kelleher um, or at the Brewbecue when we were interviewing different um, representatives from different breweries, then that's when that stuff like really came into play. We're like, I need to be like on and I need to be able to like conduct a interesting interview that doesn't sound awkward and doesn't stop and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But yeah, man, I think also just to just echo that, like the consistency of it, the, you know, the, the having to do it every week and getting to a point where like, it's not even that big of a deal anymore in yeah. the sense that like, it's, it's a full on, you know, it's a production of media that we do every week, but still I'm able to like live my, my, my normal life totally unperturbed by it, you know? And like, right. yeah. to be able to kind of master that, and then move on to other things and still keep it in my pocket almost sets a precedent of like, that's how I want to act with most stuff that I do. Like I, I want to be able to master this thing so that I don't even have to really dedicate much bandwidth to it, but it still goes on, you know? Yeah. 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 That's and kind effectively. Of yeah. You know? Yeah. Or at least as effectively as it was going before. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good we got question. another question from Eduardo Santana who says, big ass congrats, dudes. Can you guys name five or just one of your favorite episodes, which we kind of did, but maybe we want to give a shout out to a couple other ones. But then the second part of his question, what would and what would five years younger you think of you now? What would he say? And I kind of like that. That is a great question. Hmm. Yeah. Five years younger me would be a uh, just finishing up junior year of college. Uh, I think I'd be surprised at how well I'm doing at work right now and, and, and that I'm actually kind of enjoying what I'm doing, you know? I mean, I've said pretty boldly, uh, you know, auditing is not a, uh, a necessarily a passion of mine, right? but it's pretty becoming bold. something, it's becoming, it's become, well, <laughs> it's becoming <laughs> something that, uh, you know, I've actually kind of come to really appreciate and develop a, a skill set and so I think I'd be surprised that I sort of have uh, taken it under my wing as much as I have as far as um, anything else I mean I think I would just be surprised that we kept it going I was actually looking at the uh, the episode count because um, you know we 
we had some stretches there where we we didn't do the podcast. I mean, whenever yeah, like we left Austin, weeks. it was like when we left Austin, it was like seven months before oh, we right, did another yeah. podcast. And you know, just to like pick it back up because I remember I remember sitting on your balcony, Chase, when we hadn't done it in so long, and it was like March of like 2016, and we were you were we were just like kind of sitting out there like. I kind of miss Witty Banner, man. I think we should pick it back up, you know? Yeah. Aww. And then bringing on Max full on board. So, yeah, I, I think it's just the fact that we have stuck to it. And like we said before, like, it's not some big thing that's like a hard thing to keep up with. It's just kind of fun and a way for us to keep up with each other and hang out. Yeah. I think myself seeing me now would honestly think that like I've gotten much more serious than I used to be. Cause I think that's just the truth. Like I think I've become like a much more serious person in that I don't jo- like, I feel I, I literally feel less funny these days because I feel like I joke around <laughs> less and that I, I dedicate my time and attention to like very specific things, very full heartedly, you know? And like, mm. that's kind of the same as it's always been, but now it's to the point where, you know, like even, pursuing the different uh, academics that I'm doing. It's like I'm equipping myself for very specific conversations that I can't really have with almost anybody, but I still prefer to do that. And so like, I don't know, I I would imagine that I would appear almost more of like a hardened, um, have, have more of like a hardened personality these days. But I do think past me would be able to like ask questions of myself and would probably be surprised at like the depth of the answers that I could give in some of the specific uh, subjects, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, I'd be pretty startled. So I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> dude, what are you studying? That's tight. Yeah. Right. And uh, but I, I think I would. Yeah. I think I would look forward and be like, glad you finally found something that you were like interested in. Yeah. You didn't just stick it out with that silly programming idea. <laughs> programming get rich quick scheme that you had going <laughs> was that the get rich quick scheme? yeah and i was like why is this taking so long so uh, <laughs> no no I, I think i'd be i'd be pretty stoked to see myself in five years and be like yeah you look like you've grown a lot uh filled out a little bit yeah man you look a little bigger look yeah. a little more more in shape that's cool man finally did that and then also you know I don't know, man. Like you, you got pretty cool style. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty yeah. funny shirt you're wearing. Well, that's always, right? man. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, Come on. glad I kept up with it for so long because I was afraid <laughs> it was going to fall off. And I do think that it would be pretty weird to go back and ask you guys five years ago and be like, oh, you guys going to still be doing this in five years? Yeah. Like, well, what would uh, the answer have been? I don't, like, think it would, I don't think I would be necessarily surprised, but I would definitely be kind of like, oh, I wouldn't expect it. You know? Neato. Yeah, right. I'm neutral. (laughs) All right. uh, Next question comes from Alex Van Aken. One, he says, I want to hear your podcast horror stories because after five years, I know they exist. (laughs) And then two, he says, obviously, you have all progressed and evolved as podcasters. But what accomplishment or milestone are you most proud of? I got to just throw a quick shout out to that because it's obviously coming from Alex Van Aken and one of the reasons I love that episode so much is us talking about his horror story Dude, that he amazing. went through yeah. and it literally cracks hour. me up and I tell people that story <laughs> and it hits on every, every single time. person they think it's so funny the dedication <laughs> is unreal yeah that's so funny um, I would say that I mean, obviously, like the biggest, I don't know about horror story, but we definitely recorded that one. The Lost episode was a good episode. 
Yeah, it was and a it's great only episode for us, right? There's, that was a, there's two technical lost episodes. One there that are got two. recorded and one that did not get recorded. Yeah, there was one that we tried to put out still. Yeah. Because it was pretty important, like of a of a episode. But oh, it's still yeah. it's, it's a long it's a lost episode. Like yeah. you can't listen to that episode very well. It's more yeah. so like, guys, we did it. All right. <laughs> we're not just, just lying proof. to you and saying that we like skipped over it, <laughs> but we're not about to go through all that again. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about the end of the year episode where my audio was gone? Yes, that one. That fucking sucked, dude. Yeah, because that was yeah, that was like one where because <laughs> I, I was really like, excited about like all this. Like I was pumped to bring my stuff, you know. Yeah, and, we all did our own little games and things to do. So that was that was unfortunate. I mean, I was more so talking about the time all our shit got stolen. That oh, is also yeah. that's something that I wanted to bring up was the fact that like we had a very we lined up an interview with a fucking really cool brewery in Houston. Cause like you know, Woody Banter is ambitious. Sometimes we do the we did the brewery episode with Thirsty Planet. You know, we went yep. to fucking NASA. We do stuff. We do cool shit. And then literally, all of our equipment got stolen out of the back of Hunter's car. And that's that that is I think as horrific of a story as it gets. That's like the actually horrifying story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, th- l- let's put this into perspective real quick. My coach uses me as an example of what not to do. <laughs> When it comes to storing your belongings for work, hey, that means there's some do? love there, man. I was not supposed to have it in my You're car. You're not supposed to get robbed. <laughs> okay. We, we tell you that when you walk in, don't get robbed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that was like the second time in four months that my car got broken into. And it was, it was great in that I could prove because, like, I had pictures of me, like, in concerts, like, with my mics and my mic stands and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's mine, that's mine. So I got like recompensed for all of my stuff. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like I got taken off of the client that I was on because they were so pissed at me. And just the fact that we had such an amazing conversation with them afterward and we couldn't record it and we couldn't like capitalize on that. They, they taught us about uh, ramen gin, which was fantastic. Dude, yeah. Literally yeah, they, introduced us to one of our favorite restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a special bond. For real. We were super duper fucking excited about that episode and it didn't it didn't play out. But other than that, I mean, I, I think I have I don't know about horror stories. I know that there have definitely been some uh, times where I've had to uh, spend probably between like four and five hours mixing some episodes just because I'm having to like take out some parts and squeeze some parts together. And like sometimes I just get really tedious about stuff and I just want it to sound a certain way. So I've definitely had some, some, and I've also had times where like I'll try to do it when I'll, I'll say I'm an inebriated. I'm not a hundred percent sober. Right. And so I'm like having trouble, like lying it up and I'm like, fuck, like, <laughs> you can't come like, on. Like, where, where did he say that? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, those are mine. Yeah, Second part of this question. Extra ones. How have you progressed and evolved as podcasters and what milestone or accomplishments are you most proud of? I think just all the stuff we listed, like reaching out and like doing the brubecues, talking to breweries, going to NASA, all like the extracurricular stuff is definitely, I think, yeah. like real milestones for the show. I think just like on a much more niche level, I love making games and I feel like I have a lot more of like a process now. And I think that they like before it was like, let me bring one and like, OK, I didn't really land, but it was kind of funny because it was so stupid. And that happens mm-hmm. every now and again still. <laughs> but I feel like now the substance comes from like the value of the game, which is cool. So I feel like creating games and promoting that idea has been really something that I've excelled at. I feel like as a podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've uh, always been super uh, conscious 
I've become more conscious of it, um, of like kind of the meticulous details in the show where I am always watching the clock and I'm trying to get to one hour. I'm always, um, I've become a lot better at like not speaking when there's no value in it or, you know, cutting things short or consciously trying to move the show along. Um, and so like the awareness of what you're making as you're recording it has been something that's kind of like, I think I've really honed in on, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's where my mind goes. Well, by all means, I think, I think I have kind of a macro and a micro version of this. So like macro. Yeah. I think the fact that we've done, we've done a breadth of different things we've done, you know, um, you know, things like even, even really shitty thing or stupid things like shitty banner, um, having done 170 episodes in and of itself is like pretty crazy being on here for five years doing the NASA one, doing the barbecue one, doing the other brewery. Um, so all that stuff is cool. And just the fact that we've done such a different breadth of different types of things has been, I, I like to kind of place my hat on that. But then from a micro, just a, an episode to episode level, I, I continually say one of my favorite things that I'm proud of, I guess, is just that we figured out this fucking setup. I mean, Chase is in San Diego. Um, and we're, so we're doing this over the internet. We have like 16 cords that are strapped in and out on my computer over here at least. And, uh, to be able to like actually have everything in a way that works and it's not like super like difficult to put it back together. I guess it was just a lot of mental work to like make it right. And now it works. And I'm just like, I just love it every time. Like every time we get online and I can hear Chase and he can hear us, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's we just did. like a miniature victory every time. Right. And then I want to give a quick shout out. There was an episode where neither one of you guys could come and record, and it was this year, probably like a couple months ago. Yeah. And I quickly put out the call to a bunch of the OK Beast dudes who all answered, and I loved it because we had one dude in Tokyo, another guy in Australia, and someone else in Denver or in Boulder, Colorado. And that was just like pretty epic to me. That mm-hmm. witty banter was like this double international reaching just entity and that that came together and was an episode that I actually really enjoyed, you know, it was a good episode. Really yeah. Was. I remember mixing I listened that to that one while I was working. Out. I was, was trying nice. to find the one where, uh, we like went over the results of when we fought. Okay. Beast on DBFZ, but I couldn't find it. I they didn't know. Obviously it was. hacked our computer yeah, I mean, and took yeah. it down. <laughs> To skew the results, because that we will really, not be silenced. That was really fun. I actually kind of want to go like check out that video again. Cause yeah, absolutely, it's a pretty good time. Extra life will be coming up soon. I'm sure they want that rematch. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah All okay. right. Some of the last couple questions we have, we got to save towards the end so it doesn't appear mm-hmm. that we're super lame because they're from family members. Oh yeah, of course. This it's one coming from lame. nothing lame about being loved. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. This one comes from Andrea Williams, who asks, after countless reviews of different beers and spirits, what are the ones that stand out to you the most? I don't remember the name, but we had it relatively recently. The tuxedo one. The Canadian tuxedo one. The Canadian tuxedo one. Which oh, one was it had, that? It had like the... Yeah. Uh, the or not Canadian tuxedo. It was like another type of tuxedo, but I it was think all that's flannel. What it, yeah, it was a flannel. But Canadian one. tuxedos are all denim, so I don't remember what this right. place was. But that beer was like noteworthily good i remember trying it and us both kind of being like well i really like it and you're like i really like it and i was like dude and then we like drive on it for a little bit <laughs> but that was easily one of my favorites yeah i don't i i, I don't have the the ability to pull it up on an episode <sighs> here i wish i could give him the bump but 
just can't think about it. I mean, the ones that stick out to me, I remember re- like, so I've had six point resin a lot since we tried yeah. it. I really liked that one. I also liked the, um, you know, I, I love the temptress from Lakewood brewing. Yeah, Shouts um, out to the temptress for sure. Um, there's a saison that we had a long time ago that was like really fucking fantastic. The I don't local two the name of it, maybe because I was gonna give a shout out to the local two. Well, the local one or the local one, whichever. The local one was the one that we got like we rated like a nine. Yeah, and we that brought that on like to our, episode fifty. Yeah, that was like in our top top uh, top fifty or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those are the ones I, I I used. I liked that Sprecken Black Lager one, but that was a long time ago. I probably like other ones more. So after that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard after at this point. I mean, we've had we've literally had almost two hundred beers on the show. Right. So having to pinpoint any. I often think about the scrimshaw and how we totally just dunked on it for the entire episode. But that is like a very well-established brewery and a beer that I see all over the place and a beer now that I actually really appreciate because it's just a clean Pilsner. And that's like what I prefer to drink. And it's one of the better ones out there. Mm -hmm. But at the time we were like, this doesn't taste like anything. We just like, (laughs) yeah. We literally coined the term, oh, it's a scrimshaw for shit that we thought was like bland and milk toast and mediocre. Oh, boy. Yeah. We We used to be pretty big snobs. Yeah, we fucked up on that one. But throughout the whole spirits thing, I was really surprised with how much I enjoyed gin and tequila. That was like kind of an eye-opening thing. Um, And honestly, like the American uh, single malt from Westland uh, Distillery is one of my favorite whiskeys now. And yeah, I think just tasting spirits in general has, I don't know, it's developed that side of, of the palate, I guess, you know? Yeah. You uh, seem to be more well-developed. And I also like that, uh, that Lobo Negro one with the, uh, the wolf, the wolf that was <laughs> mining for oil. Chase loved the, the artwork so much. Well, yeah, it was sick artwork. Man. <laughs> Who didn't love that? That was awesome. Oh, that was man. a funny one. Yeah. Artwork is uh, like 50% of the beer. It's oh, a big of course. influence. It's a big component that I I miss out on on these fucking bland whiskey bottles. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. This next one might come from someone familiar, Max. Andra Harlow. Oh. She asks, how do you think the world will end? Oh, man. That sounds like an Andra Harlow question. Yeah. I've been trying to think about it. And like, I'm truly trying to guess, like, if humanity, if the human race goes out, how is it going to be? What's going to do it? Oh man! Is it going to be 500 years in the future? Is it going to be 120 years in the future? 50 years? I feel like it's always faring. I always feel like it's really easy to say something like uh, like nuclear holocaust or something like that. But the the ways that I think about it are a little more fucking epic than that. Like I always like to think about like if some sort of crazy extra galactic fucking thing like swallowed us like i always think that that would be cool or even if just like (laughs) the earth like that would be cool well like i i think about the gravity of you know there's all these things that are sort of interacting with each other spinning around each other spinning around the sun just at some point maybe something going by that like throws off our gravity and we just like fucking freeze to death or we like burn to death or something just really quickly, right? Like, yeah, that's I was the gonna one take that I it, think of most. I was going to take in that direction too of like more of like a natural cause, like nature just sort of, because dude, nature doesn't give a shit about us no. and like we are truly under its thumb. And yeah, if like 
a small meteor hit us or, you know, some crazy change in the weather that we were unaware was going to happen or something. And like, I just think natural causes like that are more, I just, yeah, like you Hunter, I don't think, I don't think nuclear Holocaust is going to happen. I, there, we've even talked on the show about the ability for the sun to have like solar flares that are so far that they just like freaking destroy all of our electromagnetic, uh, all of our like electricity uh, network. And we would just be out for like several days. And that would just be crazy. I, that probably wouldn't kill off humanity, but that would definitely end society. Scare the shit out of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, what was that? Oh, that was crazy. Uh, As Joe right. Rogan says, when the when the lights go out, I go in and I sit down. I wait. And I wait. No. <laughs> Someone smart's going to fix this. That was a good question. Thanks, babe. Um, all right. Last question comes from Ian Prichel, which shouts out to Ian. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he moved to San Diego about a month ago. And we've been palling around wow. like every week, and it's been awesome. Fucking cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. His, uh, his now wife, Cal, is getting her PhD here in San Diego. So it was just kind of a, a cosmic coincidence. Holy Dang, shit. Sweet. That is awesome. Yeah. Good for her. So he's got an anniversary-related question. He says, what's your favorite way to celebrate an anniversary with a significant other? Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't have a huge history to draw from. Right. Well, I mean, like, I always like to keep it chill. And I don't really like going out and doing stuff, really, in general. So, to be perfectly honest, as, like, much time that we can just spend together and, like, not have to worry about anything else, I'm very down for. Um, I'm not really big on, like, going out to, like, a fancier-than-normal dinner or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think just like setting something aside and having like maybe not so much like material things, but like maybe thinking out some things to, I don't know, something to just help you remember why you guys were together. Yeah. I don't really know how else to really bring just it up. something that's poignant. and Yeah. Like last, uh, I mean, it wasn't for an anniversary, but like we like when me and Andrew, when it was Andrew's birthday, we like made sweaters where we just like made silly sweaters that just said life is over 40 or I'm sorry, life begins after 40. And then now every time I see that, I'm like, that's tight. That's a really cool (laughs) thing. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, I think for Mandy and I, uh, we're really looking forward to travel. I think whenever we kind of have enough, um, of our sort of career planned out and we have enough, you know, sort of, spare dough in a given year to be able to just kind of shell out and go to a cool place that we really want to go. I think that's going to be kind of how we plan on doing a lot of our, uh, celebration of togetherness. It won't be. Yeah. I think, I I think our generation in general is less fixated on buying each other stuff. So I think just going through the experiences of, of stuff together is a little bit more enjoyable, but I don't, I don't really have to have a crazy, awesome dinner or anything either. I think it's just, you know, showing dedication to doing something that y'all both want to do and, you know, just doing something together. That's really all that really matters, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I like to just maximize the day uh, by spending it doing all the stuff that we just either in, like enjoy doing as people or in, in effect enjoy doing together. So, like, we will go to a nice restaurant because we're both super interested in like culinary experiences and getting to like go to chefs that are somewhat famous and well-known and have like incredible dishes that you've literally never tasted before and have that be like the cap 
on the night where in the morning, like, okay, let's wake up early and like go ride our bikes, get coffee, have a good breakfast that someone else is going to make us. And then after that, maybe go spend time like down at the, at the beach or hiking or something. It would basically get in like all of the stuff that we enjoy and we can just have like a day full of like a, a special occasion kind of day where it's not like we're just, we just do one of these things and it was a good day like any other. Um, and I also enjoy, I, I usually make Darian a CD that is full of songs that I think describe the previous year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like, whether it'll be like references to things that we did or maybe even new music that we discovered together. I like putting those together and then like watching to see if she can kind of guess what each of the song is like pointing to. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a huge fan of just writing people cards and like letters. And like whenever I buy like Christmas cards or birthday cards, like I always get them blank and I try to write like a sincere letter. And usually that's what I do on anniversaries to just give like a sincere profession of what the anniversary means, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's cute as fuck. I love it. <laughs> cute AF. Right on. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the five year questions. So thank you everybody for sending those in. Yeah, that's know. fantastic. Y'all are awesome. Those are wonderful. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, it's that time. Okay. We will finally play the elusive game. Yeah. But before that, we're going to take a quick Commercial break. The commercial break. being just us advertising ourselves. Okay. So let's beat up. Listen up, out bitches. Beat up. <laughs> if you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Flip, flop, zip, zop, deep, dop. Really giving it your all these days, Jace. <laughs> really appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I do want to do a special shout out because we were just talking about like when you leave the, the show and you think of a good answer to a question. Yeah. Right. And Cole asked what one of our favorite questions was. Uh-huh. And I don't remember who it's from, but I do remember that the question generally asked us what is our like least, like our most feminine action that we do. Yeah. And you said Little Spoon. And I remember doing the Little Spoon <laughs> thing and vibing with all of you guys. Yeah. And you guys were yeah. both being like, dude, fuck yeah. The Little Spoon is the best. And I was like, thank God I'm not the only one. I so also no. remember what like one of the most masculine things in Chase this was like, yeah. I take fat dogs. I clog toilets. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be proud of that. All right. You gotta be proud of that. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Oh boy. Fun and... Fun. So, how are you feeling about this beer so far? I mean, I brought it because I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear you give like an objective. Yeah, what, yeah uh, you, you, lowdown. You tell on me it, why. Then. Why should I like this beer? The only thing is, so like, there is it's it's light. It's uh, very drinkable. It's four point four alcohol per, uh, percent alcohol by volume. Right. Um. There, I I just don't know what the taste is that. It's it's like if you took, you know, a really well made just American Pilsner, straight up, light crisp, whatever. But then there's this weird like side bend of flavor in it, and I guess it's maybe from the grain or something that they right. use. Yeah. Um something a little bit more like 
grainy and like minerally almost at the same time. Yeah, right. it's probably a mixture of the grain and uh, the um, the water. But I just, it's something that like at first I thought was really weird. And then over time as I drink it, like this is what I think like really good Pilsners taste like, I yeah. guess. Or at least like European ones. Um, I just wish I could put a word to it. I just can't. I just, all I know is that it's one where... Every time I brought it to somebody who kind of just sticks on the Bud White, you know, Miller-like, Coors-like kind of realm, when I'm like, well, hey, try this. They're always like, shit, that's really good. And yeah. that makes me feel good because I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like showing this guy some fucking, fucking I'm cultural. Cool. Some old yeah, world totally. knowledge. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a Bilsner, but it has a little bit of a bite to it, a little bit of a body to it, but still nice and easy to drink. And uh, yeah, it's kind of noteworthy to say it's like indescript in a few areas. Like I wouldn't say it's like super malty or super bitter or anything like that. So yeah, I think I'm you enjoying noting it on well. the minerality is pretty cool though, because that is probably from the water. And yeah. I like mineral like wines in particular, and so that that's what I was my thinking of. Yeah, it's one where you can just... like drink it slow if you like, but you can also chug this bad boy. Yeah, I think that it has a weight to it, though. So if you chug it, like, like I can feel the the first one in my tummy. Right really? Now, so it's in there. But I also just <laughs> ate dinner, so <laughs> something to consider. How does your scotch feeling your tummy? Chase? So the Lagavulin um, seems like the middle ground between the one the scotch that I had on the show last week, which was the Ardbeg, and then some of the more sweet um, scotches like the Cardew. Uh, which is awesome because it, I think it shows its balance there. I because I picked this one as my favorite the first time I tried Scotch, and I was lucky enough to um, be introduced to Scotch by our mutual friend named Ryan Maines, who gave me a taste of like nine different ones and was able to get oh, yeah. tasting notes on each one of them. And it was a ton. It was like it's one of the most memorable days that I have growing up. Um, and I remember drinking it and being like, "Dude, this is the one," you know. So like. It was something that was just like very instinctual to me. It it still carries um, it carries like a leatheriness to it. It is very smoky. It smells very smoky, but it's still like light enough to drink. And there isn't that like dark, heavy fruit characteristic like the Ardbeg has. Um, but so I'm trying to kind of figure out like what that extra little brightness is in it that the other like really dense one didn't possess. But so far, this one just seems like the the perfect middle ground you know almost like almost like a uh an ambassador of like what scotch is whereas ardbeg is like this is what an extreme is and then some of the other scotches are extreme in the other way this one is like this is like what a balanced prototypical scotch sort of brings you know the middle of the venn diagram of all different types of scotches absolutely sounds pretty cool dope all right guys I've been waiting all, for this, man. <laughs> I really, be, we all have for I three hope, weeks. I hope that it really meets your expectations. But uh, all right, so we're if all it's friends. A Google here. Games, we're gonna <laughs> Google Games, games are true. I wish I was blank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> An aardvark. Uh, so we're all friends here, right? There's I something that, that I feel like kind of bonds us all together. We have a pretty you know, a good size, a good collective group of friends that are all, you know, bounded together by something, whether it be our sense of humor or like fighting games or whatever. But I feel like each one of us kind of has this thing that ties us each together in some way. You okay. Know? Right? Go on. Right? So we've got, 
I don't know. It's like you and me and anime, right? Yes. Obviously. And then we've got me and Chase, right? We grew up together. So you have things like 69 Eyes and Tony Hawks, mm-hmm. right? That we can really dwell on from our past, right? Deep cuts. But you two really seem to love the band Radiohead. You guys really just feel like you vibe Fuck. quite a bit on this band, right? Wow. So I wanted to learn more about your favorite band for sure. And I've developed a few questions to maybe do a little bit of a Radiohead trivia game. Back to To see All which right. one of you guys is the real Radiohead nut. I yeah, really feel like this is. is this would be like if you said you guys both really like Rush, where one of us is clearly <laughs> the Rush head, and the other one enjoys Rush, but maybe not to the extent of the other. So we'll see right. how I do playing with. I would say Hunter's home field advantage here. Hey, yeah, hey, this one's maybe. gonna hurt if I if I don't take this one home. Yeah, that's just means yeah, that's true. way more to lose, dude. Yeah, I can scoop up can some pride. Fly by Who the knows? seat of your pants, man. All right, guys. So I've got. <laughs> Eight real solid questions here with one tiebreaker if it comes down to it. Okay. Okay. But we're going to do the classic style of giving me a number one through eight. That way you don't think I'm giving you biased questions, right? Giving easier questions to Chase versus you. Okay. So in in case anybody... Oh, then I'm also going to give you four possible answers. That way you don't have to just think of it out Ah. of your head, right? So that will be a little easier. You get multiple multiple choice choice here, right? Uh, You get one steal. Now, Hunter, I excel at multiple choice. Just to let you know, it's kind of my ballgame. Absolutely. Remember, go with B or C. That's usually the one that they tell you that. Shivering in my Radiohead boots. Are you? Right. And you also get one steal, of course, but you need to have one point to steal before you can steal, right? Okay. Dick on the table. Makes sense. All right. Everybody's dicks are out. Cool. Excellent. (laughs) Number one big podcast. You are the resident Radiohead (laughs) head. Yeah. Why don't you give me a number one through eight? Two. Two? All right. So if it wasn't for his success with Radiohead, it's very possible that Dom York <laughs> would have followed in the footsteps <laughs> would have followed in the footsteps of his father. His father's occupation happened to be what? Was he an amateur boxer? A playwright? A welder? Or an onset camera operator? I want to say a welder. A welder. Why? Because mm. you feel like he grew up in like a blue collar household? Yeah. You know, he's just kind of like a middle class English guy. Make a living for himself. Welding shit. And you want to pass that on to your kid for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, yeah. hard worksmanship. My kid wants to be a musician. Yeah. What is this freely stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Chase, was that just for kick shits and giggles? Was I'm going to keep thinking? him close to the chest this time. Okay, I feel you. I'm Don't want to build a wall. Out. Absolutely, He's that's fair. Build, a wall. build like Squidward. Build a wall and his snow wall. Absolutely, but what if they attack from the air? So <laughs> that is incorrect, unfortunately. Fuck. Okay, I thought I knew that one, he, but none of them were. I thought it was going to be like an engineer or something. He's actually an amateur boxer. He's an amateur That's boxer? Insane. Tom York definitely would not have been. Would not have turned out yeah, to be a really no great no possible boxer. way. His eye is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Maybe it was from boxing and it didn't go so well. No, it's from birth. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was got well, it from thing. a car crash. It, yeah, it, it is from a car crash. Mm, interesting. But he was young. All right, Chase. This one's over to you. I need one or three through eight. Well, you know what they say. Two plus two equals five max. So I'll go there for the go. five. Almost oh got me God, there I with that it. one. I love it. <laughs> All right. So Radiohead makes some pretty smart music, okay? <laughs> Which makes sense because almost all of them have university degrees. Well, all except for one. 
Is that Tom York? Is that Johnny Greenwood? Is that Ed O'Brien? Or is it Colin Greenwood? Initial, like my right off the gut, I was like, I think it's going to be Ed O'Brien. But now thinking about the fact that Tom York came from the home of an amateur boxer, I'm starting to fit, trying to think like, what was that upbringing? You know, what right, kind of yeah. situation was that? And um, yeah, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to say Tom York. Tom York. For shits and gigs. Yeah, shits and gigs, uh, please. I know it's not Tom York. Damn. Okay. I know Tom York went to Exeter University. And I'm going to say that it is Ed O'Brien, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, you're both wrong. Fuck. Was it, it is Johnny? Johnny. Okay. Now, that not being can, said that he didn't go to college, but he is he the only one who dropped out yeah, okay. of too Oxford. Cool He's the youngest of the yeah. group, I think. He went so. to Oxford Brooks Music College, but he was a dropout when he mm-hmm. went. So. All right. Okay, man, we're slow starting. Okay. Well, yes, all right. Those are harder it's questions. It's been a while since we played there's, a game. There's a variety of questions. We types, are rusty. So. Please. All right, Hunter. Um, you can do two. You can do four, three. I can't do two. Um, one, <laughs> three, four, <laughs> six. I'm going to do uh, seven, eight. Nine. There is no nine. One I'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> seven. 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 <laughs> All right, Ten. All right. Oh god. Tom York suffers from a pretty bad phobia. I don't know if you knew this. So but he's afraid of cars. Well, let me go through the multiple choice first <laughs> and see if that's possibly an answer. Okay. It could be trees. He could have the phobia of tripping, mm-hmm. a very common phobia of being drunk. Mm-hmm. He could also have a phobia of cars. Wow. Of cars. <laughs> Great. Well, Chase, how do you feel about that one? Do you think no, that mean, you would have gone with I the same one? definitely think cars is the answer. <laughs> well, yes. A car accident in 1987 is the result of this pho- or he resulted in a phobia of cars. Of course, you can see that throughout his songs like stupid cars, killer cars, <laughs> what? drunk, airbag, and drunk machine. About? Stupid cars and killer cars. Stupid cars, killer cars, scary cars. Something like that. <laughs> Dumb cars. Dumb cars, silly cars. <laughs> All right, so Hunter puts one on the board. All right. Okay. Like I said, there's some easy ones in there. There's some freebies. Let's All hope right, you pick yeah. one, Chase. Maybe I'll steal from you. I need some momentum, the kind of mm. momentum that the four horsemen carry with them. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go with number four. Number four. Excellent. Chase. <laughs> All right. His, uh, his One of my personal favorite Radiohead albums, which I feel like shares with a lot of people, is In Rainbows. Mm-hmm. You have a favorite, huh? It's a pretty good one, right? Okay. I listen to Radiohead. Okay, Thom. Just enough to <laughs> get enough you know, material to shit on us. Thom Yorke. Uh, so... <laughs> The internet release of Radiohead's seventh album, In Rainbows, came with an innovative price tag, all right, of pay what you want. Mm-hmm. It was released digitally, right? Now, the average consumer, loving Radiohead so much, coughed up about how much money Fuck for this. this album. Now, is it going to be... <laughs> you don't know this one? <laughs> all right. Oh, of course I do. Is it going to be about two... 290 in euros, which would be about $3.36? Would it be about four forty-five 
in euros would be about 515. Would it be 515 in euros, which would be about 596 here? Or would it be a whopping 6.23 euros, which would be about seven to eight bucks here? See, I was, I'm tempted to go with like the higher echelon because it just makes for like a good story of like, wow, you know, they put it out without barriers and people love their music so much. But my gut feeling before you even read the answers was around that $4 mark. So whatever B was, I'll go with B. Remember B? You have a point, Hunter. Not just a point that you're making in a conversation, but you have an actual point on the board. Mm-hmm. You're free I'm- to wager it. If you want. I'm not going to wager, but for shits and gigs, Mm -hmm. I would say it's the highest one. I'd say D. You guys really think people would cough up? I know they made more money on that album by doing that than by traditional means. Really? Yeah. Well, they must have had a shit ton of downloads because the correct answer is A. Damn it. 2.9 euros. Roughly roughly $3.36. Wow. Right? Interesting, huh? When you give it out to people, they're more encouraged maybe to spend a dollar instead of just stealing it like they would have, right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, Interesting stuff. All right, Hunter. It's over to you. Um, number one. Number one. <laughs> the old classic Max laughing I'm at his saying, own I'm just saying. It's not my own jokes. It's just <laughs> you're pretty good at picking questions. All right. Oh, no. So got asi- an easy one again. Aside from his appearance in the video for Stop Whispering, Johnny Greenwood is famous for playing what type of Fender guitar? A Stratocasty? A Telecasty? A Jaguary? Or a Jazz Master? Uh-oh. This is sad because I should think about it. Think of this. every show you've been to where you saw <laughs> well, your I just don't know band. about guitar types, dude. Oh, really? I just don't know shit about You're guitars. A, I thought you were a. It's definitely one definitely of the first two. It's either a Stratcaster or a Telecaster. You got a problem with Jazzmasters and Jaguars? No, I just know it's not one of those. Well, by all means, then. I'm going to say Telecaster. What do you think, Chase? Do you think it's a Telecaster? I think it's a Jaguar. Stepping outside the box, all right? But stepping outside the box doesn't necessarily get you points. And saying Telecaster does, because <laughs> Telecaster is the correct answer. I literally had no idea between the two, but... Oh, okay. That's all right. I'll take it. Well, good. Well, you're in a little bit of a steady lead here, but there's nothing that Chase can't catch up to here. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're sure going to find out. <laughs> yeah, all right, Chase. What are we looking at here? We got a three, three up for grabs. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. What is the anniversary <laughs> of... Yeah, for real. <laughs> All righty. After finding inspiration from the song Meat is Murder by the Smiths. Nice. You like the Smiths. Yeah, uh, which band sucks. member went vegetarian, <laughs> narrowly missing the coveted spot of world's sexiest vegetarian in 2005? Would that be Mr. Tom York? Would that be Mr. Johnny Greenwood? Would that be Mr. Ed O'Brien? Or would that be Mr. Colin Greenwood. I gotta go with Ed O'Brien just because he's probably the closest one that could possibly be named sexy in the band. So that's what I'd there say too. Is he a handsome dude? I don't. I don't know if I've he's seen. Got him. Yeah, he's got a caveman quality. He's tall. Too. He's got. Yeah. He's all face. He's very all Neanderthal. Face. He's got. A, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Good-looking guy. Well, good-looking guy who loves shoveling meat into his mouth. Damn it, dude. <laughs> all right. Because Tom York went vegetarian in 2005 really and hasn't looked back. Fucking kidding. Me. <laughs> 
Tom York's sexiest vegetarian. Obviously, the vegetarians, not the sexiest bunch. Yeah, not you know, a high maybe bar. Was, yeah, not the highest <laughs> bar to set. Two thousand four. You know? I'm gunning for that spot. I just like love thinking of Tom York being like, "You got to be fucking kidding me." <laughs> All right, it's going to be tough for Chase to come back. Yeah, after I don't. Yeah, it's going to be narrow. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, Hunter. What do I have left? I mean, three. All right, well, come on now. We just did three. We could do so number we did six. Five. I'll do six. All right. Before landing on the name Radiohead, the band first went by the moniker Repeater. I know this one. <laughs> Mr. Shankly? <laughs> on a Friday? Or Slippery People? On a Friday. Are you just that confident about this one? What did he say? <laughs> he said on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. Are we, they used to are we meet sure up about and that? play music on Fridays? Well, that might be true. Okay. <laughs> and they might have three points right now. <laughs> that was a good. You, did you put Mr. Shankly in, in there uh, purposely with the Smiths? I did. Because yeah. Radiohead came from a. Oh, man. Exeter? Licks, no, uh, fucking Talking Head song, I think. So yeah. those are all songs by other people. Yeah. They really like R.E.M. They like the Smiths. Mm-hmm. They like Talking Heads. All right, guys. We still got a couple more here, which Number means eight. Chase. <laughs> okay, Chase. Number I don't eight think I can is. win, right? I'm done. I think I don't think you can win. This is no. for yeah, being roasted. But that's okay, because you want to get a point on the board. Which is right. terrifying, because if he does do a Rush episode and I lose, that would be <laughs> devastating. <laughs> I might have to think about that. All right, guys. So, despite having more of a cult following now, the debut album, the debut of this album, I'm sorry, did not pan out well for critics. One of whom was Mark Beaumont of Melody Maker, who gave it a 1.5 out of 5, calling it tubby, ostentatious, Self-congratulatory. Look, Ma, I can suck my own cock. Whiny old rubbish. <laughs> wow. Now, would that be the album King of Limbs? Would that be the album Hail to the Thief? Amnesiac? Or Kid A? See, I could see this being King of Limbs because I do know that it's got kind of like a tarnish opinion out there, but my instinct was going to be Amnesiac and... It, that since that's on the list, I'll go with that. I one. think if you're, yeah, and I think if you're going to say cult following too, that's the most likely to have a quote unquote cult right. following. Yeah, like right. that one's so far in their their career already. You feel the same way, Hunter, with Amnesiac. Uh, I do, but I'll put up a point. Do it. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put up a point and say Kid A. <laughs> wow well, yeah. You know what Somebody's huh. able to scrape up some points here Because that guy was describing Kid A, another album that I actually Really like too as well I think, I think that amazing. Yeah, I think that guy was probably coming off of the fact that You know, OK Computer had such ridiculous Success And then Kid A was still like so much different than that And so it's like, it's fucking rubbish Yeah, that's a good impression of him yeah. <laughs> Well guys what do you think? All right. The long-awaited game of the century has the finished. The game of the century, huh? Hunter has finished up in first place. <laughs> it might have been a tad bit biased. I didn't realize that the radio head swung so far in his direction. I had some easy questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a luck of the draw for sure. Was it? Well, oh, it's a result that I expected, victory. Though, so I can't feel too bad. Yeah. Humble and victory. Well, but good thank game. you. 
Yeah, good games. Good, good games, work. guys. Good work. GG's. All right, Chase, we got anything else to discuss today? Yeah, I want to go ahead and do uh, a couple listener questions because they've been stacking up a little bit. Come get your baby. And, okay. you know, five-year anniversary. We'll take one from each of sort of the uh, the main contributors to our mailbag right and uh, kind of honor them that way. First one Absolutely. is going to come from a new listener who keeps on sending the emails, Tony Wozni. What up, Tones? He wants to know, what would your ultimate dream video game be? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be to go off like technology that exists today. To give an example, my dream video game as it stands would be a procedurally generated gladiatorial combat VR game, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So what are you thinking? What's your dream video game? I think, Hunter, you would play the shit out of that game. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Gladiatorial combat procedurally generated. That sounds pretty sweet. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Honestly, like... I just think it would be cool to feel like you had superpowers. So like having like if you had like a either like a VR DBZ game where you like could do your own Kamehameha's and shit or you could like make up your own moves. They have that. It with- would be pretty cool if you could like have a game where you custom make your own character and custom make your own moves. Well, yeah, but there's plenty of creative character games. But I mean, what is like, so Mortal Kombat Armageddon? You've already played. Yeah, but that was fucking sick. Game? Yeah, that was I'm, really. Tight. I'm I'm talking about like that, right? That level of precision. But then, uh, like, still Mortal Kombat. You you only had a certain like I mean, kind of ability like Soul to Calibur, be able to. Though there's a ton of moves in that game. Yeah, for sure. I'm Soul Calibur has a creative character. You're still kind of like working with the subset these of. Guys? appearances that they let you have the wow. subset of supers by the that you have yeah what I'm do you want to do that the game won't let you do i want to be able to just like shoot shit oh my <laughs> fingers shoot shit from his fingers like teleport and fucking lightning shit out of my eyes and stuff yeah, like that's a strong yeah you know i just want to be able to just make it from scratch hey man nothing wrong code with that. that shit in there that sounds pretty good max what about you all right, so this is what I want. It's fairly simple. It should be on the horizon in the future, hopefully, okay? Okay. I got really into Absolver, and it was fucking sweet, mm-hmm. okay? It had a lot of promise. could have been a really tight game. What I want, okay? I want a game like Absolver, okay? I'm not sure if I want to keep it with, like, the three-dimensional fighting game aspect to it because I do want it to be, like, competitive, and I want it to be, like, easy to watch. Kind of 2D, well. maybe? So maybe, like, a Tekken-style, like three-dimensional but 2d space sort of fighter in the same way okay has the same sort of fighting mechanics where you like button timed your button presses with each hit and it made them like more advantageous or more like well done because you had to do them so like perfectly together Mm -hmm. you could create your own character move from move but again you had to know the timing of each move how they related to each other Mm -hmm. making it you know pretty strong and then you had all the different parry mechanics dodge mechanics and things like that as well absorb mechanics as well and expand from there yeah. Of course, you create your own character, and you're somehow able to like bring them also to the tournaments as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would be sweet to like also have the idea of Absolver, where you could go around as your characters with each other and like beat up people. Like that was one <laughs> of the funnest parts. Yeah, was yeah. like tricking other people who are online to come to the docks, and then you like push them off into the water. <laughs> it was so funny. I had some of the funnest like nights of video games that I've had in a long time playing that game. So that's my that's my vote. I think that'd be awesome, dude. The fighting mechanics in that game were so. Sick and interesting and new. So that's very my new. Very new. Very new. So I'm thinking I want a top down isometric 
pixel art twin stick action game. Okay. And I want it to be very uh, like ineffable. I don't want any text in the game. It doesn't tell you there are no tutorials. There's no direction. It's all visual. You you right. learn what to do, when where to go, and all that stuff simply by playing it. And I want there to be an over like a, I, and if we're getting dream game here, I want there to be like a Dark Souls from software level designed overworld like Lordran that is like so perfectly connected and interesting to go through and unlock. There's shortcuts. There's surprises just by going through the environment alone. And I want there to also be like a strategy portion to it, similar to like civilization, where I almost want like a like a town that is sort of your home base, almost like maybe like the Firelink Shrine is kind of like the central location in Dark Souls. But you got to like equip different like policy cards to like grow your town in different ways. And you have to almost like manage your your people and that is going to feed into like the RPG aspects of like the build of your character fully customizable in the clothing department, but none of the clothing gives you stat boosts. So it's all purely visual because I hate that in basically every game in the world, the visual aspect is always tied to like stats and you can like transmute and stuff like that in certain games, but that's just like an extra step in the menus that I don't have to deal with. Right. So I want like the RPG aspects to stem from your the strategy portion of the game, and um, yeah, I don't know. That's what comes to mind. I want a sick soundtrack. I want Disaster Piece to do the music, awesome. And I want Hunter to supply some songs and some riffs and stuff in there <laughs> to nice. get that in there. And then sure. I want Max to like name all the zones and shit like that. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, that's that's where my head went. That's right. pretty cool. I was also going to say on that note, you say you want Disaster Piece. I've been listening to the band Endless Sporadic lately, or oh, Endless nice. Sporadic lately. Nice. Ends up, those albums are all real tight. Yeah. Each one is like perfect video game, or I think specifically like cool fighting game music. So nice. yeah. you should go check it out because I would definitely I would have them produce my. I will say, like, I, turn based strategy games are like my favorite games typically. So if I could make it something a little more grounded than just like a super future superhero game. It would basically be like how Gladius was, which was basically a gladiatorial. You basically built a team from scratch, like a school, a gladiator school, and you went from town to town and entered into different tournaments and shit. But it would just be like a lot more high tech, a lot more customizable. Um, so I think that would be my probably Hunter, actual. And just more a quick aside: choice. Do you like turn-based strategy to the extent that like you'll kind of? accept any fiction that comes along with it in the sense that like maybe you're not exactly like a hardcore sort of like anime trope kind of guy but there's like a really deep dense turn-based strategy game out there that like is available like I'm, I'm just trying to gauge because I feel like I could give you turn-based strategy games that you haven't played um, that you could you could try yeah no it's it's been usually that as long as there's some sort of depth to the game and that um, the mechanics aren't like so difficult and involved and like just hard to learn that I'll usually like it. Like I tried, I tried learning the, um, what are the darkest dungeon? Yeah. And I didn't play it for very long to be completely honest, but like I could tell I was like, this is going to be really fucking hard. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't, I was like, I'm just, I don't know if I'm going to, yeah, it turned me off. So, 
I do usually, really I like, like to be able to, but it is, that, like that is more of a different sort of take on it. But yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to send some stuff your way. I think you might please like, please do, please do. Um, okay. Next question comes from Ben Ebig, another recent contributor now, probably like what over a year. Yeah. Let me shout him out real quick. Cause Ben, I see you playing chess ultra on PlayStation four, bro. Send me an invite. Let's play some PlayStation chess, chess. ultra. Nice. Yeah. Okay, he wants to know, and um, he's asking a question about the Nintendo Switch because they just recently announced their online service, and oh, I don't yeah. have too many details on it, so I'm just going to go off of his email, and we'll kind of all have to do the same. But he wants to know uh, what he, what we think of their family plan. So for thirty four ninety nine a year, up to eight different Nintendo Switch devices um, Get access to cloud storage, which is like you can say you can put your saves in the cloud. That way, if your switch like gets stolen or dies, you won't lose your saves forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your subscription expires, those saves are immediately erased. Uh, it gives you access to a, a library of NES games that you can download. Um, but if you don't log into your account for a week, you can't access them offline. So there's like some weird caveats there. I know we're not super deep into the ecosystem of Nintendo Switch, but do you have any like kind of off the cuff no, reactions? I've been hearing that uh, about this a lot, right? Because I get emails to uh, uh, our Switch at home, and I think that like it's just Nintendo is like notoriously renowned for having like pretty poor online environments for the most part. Right, they have weird little roundabout ways of doing things. Like they don't have a voice chat; you have to download like a separate app on your phone and use that. And like, why would you even do that if there's Discord and things like that? Yep. There's like the friend code situation, which I think they've kind of alleviated since. But they're just like notoriously not the smoothest online experience because it's never really been about that. It's been these more like story-based games or like fun or like not story-based, but like you know, noted games like Donkey Kong and Mario and all like the the IPs that they have. Uh, but I do think that this is kind of like random to to spring so fast like i feel like i got the email of like a week and a half ago and it's like already been integrated and i'm pretty out of the loop so maybe i just didn't catch it but i think that all those little caveats that you mentioned make it really make it really uneasy for me to get into it because that would be fucking whack if i was like a dedicated person to your server and i like my credit card expired and the next month i missed it (laughs) And boom, all my shit's gone that I had saved up until that. That's like unnecessarily stupid given some of the the things that have already like the other established systems that don't do that to you. Yeah. Right. Um, that being said, it's only 20 bucks by yourself. It's only 20 bucks a year, which is like incredibly low given the other two systems that I think I pay like 60 to 80 bucks for my PlayStation one. Mm-hmm. So maybe you get what you pay for in that sense. But I don't know, that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah. I don't think the pricing seems bad. Um, obviously, yeah, the caveats seem kind of weird. Um, I would just say like, it sounds like they're almost thinking of it as kind of like a cell phone or something like, like up to eight devices. It's like, who has eight devices? Who has eight Nintendo switches? I guess it's just probably to cover the fact that like, if you have kids and they all have their own switch because they want to play their own when they go on road trips and stuff. I, I guess like. Since I don't have a Switch, I don't really know how the storage or any of that. Is there any, like, just hardware storage that comes on the machine itself? Well, or is you, it entirely... You get access to save into the cloud. And if you choose not to save into the cloud, then it's saved onto your device. I'm pretty sure, right? Right. And the big thing is, like, other um, consoles allow you to back up your saves on your own, like, USB storage and stuff like that. 
if you don't want to pay for the service, which gives you cloud support, but Nintendo Switch doesn't do that. It's either you pay and you can back your saves up or you can't. And there already have been stories of people whose Switches got bricked and they lose their like 100 hour Zelda save. And like, I'm kind of of the mind that like, it's not the biggest deal, but it is kind of a big deal. It would really like, it's just the icing on the ass cake of your Switch getting broken, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like arbitrarily cut off. You know, it just, yeah, it just makes sure it's just like another thing. Yeah, why to, add to, to that with. pain? And why do you make it so much more challenging to get back? Like, I broke my Switch. Oh, maybe I'll go buy a new one. Oh, wait, all my shit's gone anyway. Yeah. I'm not even that inclined to go buy another Switch. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think the NES library is like a cool bonus. I would like to see them add to it right now, like because a twenty dollar, uh, like a twenty dollar ticket fee for access to like the fifteen games, whatever they have now, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the games really interest me, and honestly, like, there's only so much time in a day, and I have so many other video games that I'm not. I probably wouldn't even really use it. But if that right. catalog got bigger, or maybe they added the SNES, or even like other stuff, uh, maybe I'd be more interested. But yeah, that's right. kind of my general take. Okay, next question comes from Dooney Ray. He says, what does everyone's video game roadmap look like? What are you playing right now? What games will you play after those? And what games are you most excited about next year? Your friend Israel. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really Let play Let me jump in. I got, I, got, I got some updates <laughs> for you guys. Do it. I just platinum Dark Souls Remastered. Right on. Got all the achievements. I'd never, I had never done that on the Xbox. I had beaten the game on like New Game Plus 7. But I never did all the achievements, and it was really fun. I felt like I actually, there was still, like, even though I'm a huge Dark Souls fan, I'm not, like, this guy who can give you all the trivia or, like, has the whole entire game memorized. But now I actually feel like I know the game, like, inside and out. Because you basically have to get every single rare weapon, every single spell. So I, I, I've seen the entire game, and that was a lot of fun. Especially because the weapons are, like, fucking cool, um, just in the way that they look. So that was dope. I was excited to do that. I recently got 100% on Hyper Light Drifter because it came to Switch. I love Hyper Light Drifter, so I wanted to buy it again to support the team and to have it in portable, so I replayed the whole thing. Um, and now nice. I'm actually starting near Automata, which came out last year. Hmm. And I had bought it, but I actually didn't end up playing it. It's a pretty beloved game. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to start this up and see what it's about. I'm about four hours in, and... I, uh, I'm intrigued is what I'll say. I'm not hooked yet, but I'm very intrigued. And I'm also going to purchase Celeste on the Nintendo Switch, which came out this year, earlier in the year, and, and let that be kind of my portable game, which is like a really challenging platformer. Um, but when it comes to new games this year, I'm probably not going to be buying any, but I may, unless, if I do, it's going to be Red Dead Redemption 2, because Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. was one of my favorite games of the Xbox 360, it's been in development for fucking six years, five years by Rockstar, who is one of the best developers in the world. And I just know it's going to be groundbreaking in scope. So that's sort of what I'm looking forward to in the future. Dope. Yeah, man. Rock. Yeah. Like I never really played too much Red Dead Redemption, but I watched you guys play it and it, it was looked awesome. fucking awesome when you guys yeah. played. And I always felt like I was like just a little too behind. Like I wasn't going to go buy it just then. So I'll just <laughs> live vicariously through you guys while you played. <laughs> But I'm also intrigued in that game. I think that would be a cool game for me to play that's not a fighting game because I pretty much only play fighting games. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I am going to play Soul Calibur Six, and I am going to try to play Samurai Spirits when that comes out. So Dope. Samurai yeah. Spirits? Samurai Showdown got uh, revived recently. Oh, and it's called Samurai Spirits? Samurai Spirits? Okay. I okay. think, yeah. 
So nice. Yeah, that looks cool. That's a cool game. Yeah, I'm we should dedicate some time one of these upcoming episodes to catch up on that because I'd like to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm interested to see if the Jump Force game would be anything I'd be interested in. It's probably going to be some mindless fun. Yeah. They just announced Killua and Kurapika. No way. Right. And Kurapika has all of his chains, so he's looking okay. pretty cool. Okay. D- only those two, or is Gun in there oh, too? Gun was already announced. Okay, good. Uh, God somebody damn. else from Hunter Hunter. I don't Hopefully he's Soka. Remember Jesus. Who it was. Soka was already announced too. Jesus. Okay, well, I don't know. So, You're not up to date, man. So, yeah. Hunter X Hunter is in the game. Yeah. So, so uh, that's exciting. I will be interested to see how that goes. I saw a. Um, I saw a demo or uh, gameplay footage from Ghost of Tsushima, which really kind of blew me away. I was like, that looks like that's going to be really looks fucking cool. cool. And shouts out to Sekiro and Neo too. Yeah. Um, um, as far as where I'm at right now, I'm still playing DBFZ. Me and Max actually got to play some yeah, games. We played some sets this weekend. Some sets this weekend. Um, that was pretty fun. Um, you know, I finished up playing that Neverwinter game. I played that D and D game for a good bit, and that's I awesome, played. That's awesome, dude. And I played. Uh, uh, I feel like that's a sign of Hunter growing up in a in a gamer. Like his gamer identity is like crystallizing, where he's like seeking <laughs> his own, and it's like his own interests, and he's beating the game. That's fucking dope, dude. I just downloaded uh, God of War three. Oh, which was free. like, dude, you need to play yeah. the new one, Hunter. I'm telling you, you are going to fucking love it, man. Yeah, I know. everything it's you just described like to being like, I just want to be like a rowdy badass. With yeah, crazy you need, powers. Not, like, dude, I'm uh. telling you right now, you will like the game a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to buy it. Uh, I am excited. I'm also excited for the the new DBFZ uh, DLC to come out and kind of fuck around with Cooler and Seventeen. But, but oh, yeah, dude. no, I mean. That's DBFZ has been my biggest foray into the fighting game culture. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward to getting a couple more of those little. I, when I play video games, typically I like to just play by myself and go on, you know, whatever adventure or whatever. So Ghost of Tsushima looks like that'll be it. But I think that there'll be. I probably will buy the new God of War. And I probably will buy like maybe one or two others over the year as they come out if they really kind of catch my eye. So I'm sure that that will happen at least a few times. So look forward to it. Looking forward to it. Rock and roll jelly bean hole. Last question comes from Dunter Horset. What odd food combinations do you enjoy? I myself enjoy the classic fries plus chocolate ice cream combo. But if I'm feeling adventurous at home, I sometimes eat cheese and pair it with a nice cold drink of pickle juice. That's fucking gross. Dunter, <laughs> the Atlas horse set. Cheese and, Cheese and pickle, pickle juice, juice man. I think you took the cake Christ. there, Dunter. I don't know. So as a kid, there were two things, right? And they were both inspired to me by my brother, who I assume was just lying to me. And I have now developed <laughs> as things that go together. But I have heard, well, the first one like, is I like to put like yellow mustard on my cold pizza the next day. And that's what something that my brother used to fuck? do. <laughs> so my brother used to do. He used to just be like, hey, man, you grab, <laughs> we get the leftover pizza, and he grab a mustard bottle, and he just pour it all over his pizza, and he'd eat it. And I was like, oh, okay, that must be a thing. And cold? Yeah. It was never on wow, hot pizza. That's ridiculous. Man. It's on your cold next day God pizza. Damn. Okay. But I, I mean, to this day, I still do that. It's okay. awesome. Uh, the other one is he used to get Ritz crackers. And then he used to put cream cheese on top, and then he used to put one dill pickle on top of that too, as well. And we'd make <laughs> okay, a little plate that's of those. A little more respectable. You make yeah. a plate of those, and then we. It's odd. It's pretty it's close a little, to Dunstrange. 
Yeah, I was, when he said cheese and pickles, <laughs> I feel for you, Dentu. They, they don't get it, man. It's a delicious combo. Go it. home and try those two things. They're awesome. Salt and more salt. For real. Yes. Salty, creamy, salty again. <laughs> Chase, does anything come to mind? I can't really think of anything, dude. I, f- I mean, I, if you consider like mayonnaise and french fries weird, which a good portion of the I world that doesn't. I, s- yeah. I consider that a little weird. Yeah, I think that. I'll put mayonnaise like, on like anything. I'll have a plain mayonnaise hot dog, you know. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about I mean, you? I also Hunter? enjoy so uh, like blueberries and peanut butter together. Is that strange? No, I put I've blueberries and peanut that. butter in my smoothies. Yeah, see, yeah, that's awesome. Can't eat it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything that I eat is something that people will say like that's weird. Like, I like avocados and lime or lemon. I guess I put like lemon and salt on my avocados. That's, yeah, yeah, it seems pretty that's straightforward. Okay, you dress an avocado, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. I don't know, man. Oh, man. I mean, tell us something wacky and zany that you eat. I mean, I like putting Takis on my tacos, but I don't think that that's too crazy. Um, that's a little bit outside the box. Yeah, I mean, I don't really eat that much wacky oh, stuff. Oh, dude, I love dipping tortilla chips into ranch. See, but I don't there think that's that that's crazy. That's not that weird either. Okay. That's chilies. There's like, some people who think that's like second. Yeah, that's a Chili's American staple, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> But it's even like actually, but the thing is, is, I developed that at a young age. So that's been like seared right. in my brain, and I just know I've gotten I've gotten some flack for that. So I'm, I was there's definitely it like not a whole lot you can put ranch on. It may look like white trash on some things, but it's definitely not strange. I'm gonna halfway hop on board with you though, because What's I up? fucking love pickles. There you go. But like, I'll basically what I'll do is like I'm feeling hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna snack on this and that and this. Right. Usually my go-tos are pickle chips, Del Dixie pickle chips in particular. Mm-hmm. And then I go straight to the pecans and I go get a handful of pecans, maybe even some walnuts. So I usually go with like something salt, salty and kind of like, you know, just nice and crunchy. Briny. Yeah. yeah and then I go over to the, the pecans and, and walnuts. I say get, pecans and pickles is a strange combination. Yeah, I'll you take it. it. You got one. I there got go. one. Perfect. Put one Yay. on the board. All Excellent. right, that's all the emails. So, again, I, that is a, a, a smattering of our most dedicated crew. So thank you guys all again. Yeah, for real. Thanks to everybody who's stuck around. I know we already said it once earlier, but there's a lot of really cool people listen to the show and that I enjoy going back and forth with on the show, but sometimes even off the show as well. So thanks again from all of us here at Viti Banther. Yeah, I don't think we can express appreciation enough. Yeah, for real. It'd be very easy for you to not give a shit. We would be very done by now yeah. if they were not there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, as yeah, Just a comment on Max Keller saying we're shouting into the ether. Shouting I don't think so. The void, man. Excuse All right? me. That we're void, a little bit of an echo. That <laughs> void is full of dedicated <laughs> fans. So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. What's the chance of this beer being on your top beers of all time, Hunter. This is on my top High, beers of all time. Apparently. Cuz I mean, just because I feel like there's such character to what to me is such a kind of light and easy to drink beer. I know that you noted that you, it's it's still in your tummy and you feel it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's one where you drink it slow for the first maybe few glasses. And then you start kind of like loosening up a little bit and you drink a little faster and then you loosen up a little bit and you drink that one a little faster. There you go. Each one Before you know better. it, you had a gallon of this thing. 
That's yeah. how we did it at the pub when we were in, uh, in the Czech Republic. Um, I just love that it's like, it literally is like the beer of Czech Republic too. Like every fucking street corner you go to, every pub, every bar, whatever, like this is the main beer on tap. And it's just super fucking good. And I got to go to the actual like brewery where they made it and like go try it in their cellars underground. And it was like even better. But yeah, man, this is definitely one of my favorite beers. Probably just because I'm leaning toward it up off of a lot of nostalgia. But I also just think it's, it's like interesting. It's like, it's like a well, it's in a lot of places in America, which I was surprised about. I didn't know about that before going. It's got a Pap Blue Ribbon or Pap's Blue Ribbon kind of uh, aura to it where it's like, it's kind of hip to have in a dive bar. Yeah. So it's, it's not uncommon in America, right? It's, it's a little pervasive, but it's still like not well known enough to where when you show somebody, typically they won't know about it, but. I've never had anyone that tried this that's like, no, this is no good. Like, right. Everyone generally kind of respects this one, so. For yeah. sure. Well, I'll piggyback on you then. If you like it, then I like it too. You don't have to, Max. Well, I do. That's but it's not just because you like it. If it's not sitting right in the tummy. It's sitting right in the tummy, but it's sitting right <laughs> in my tummy. It's so. right there. But to be fair, I also had a big old din-din, so... Uh, it's a good, it's a good beer. You know, it's it's got like I was talking about a little bit extra character than your average pilsner would. Um, but that being said, I think that it's nice and easy and drinkable. And I think that it might be a cool selection to pick out if you go to a bar and you see it somewhere. And you're not trying to just try a bunch of different beers. You just want something to drink with your friends. So, yep. When I, I find it, it's a go-to. By all means, I agree with you. Chase, final yes. verdict. Yeah. So is it still your favorite? The uh, the extra bit of balance to the leathery smokiness character is I would I would describe as like an apricot. It's kind of got like a rindy orange flavor to it that brings some brightness to it, but has also like that kind of bitter tinge. Hmm. Which is all to say that this scotch I think is drinkable. I think it is approachable, but like you kind of you're gonna get it's a little gruff and it's <laughs> just very well rounded in that way and like. I don't know. I just feel it just makes me feel cool to like it. You know, it's it's well, one of those. That's why I like, like everything like the I best like. Best scotch sure. you can have is when you feel cool just to like it. Yeah, because it's scotch going, is cool, man. If you're going with the Ard bag, then you're like you're kind of being an asshole. But with right. this one, you're being an approachable asshole. And like, what what more Sometimes do you want? That's a great you know? conversation to have. You know, yeah. like yeah, he's 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 the best man. He's a real dick. You know, I I, I had <laughs> it's a nice to meet though. <laughs> my, <Yeah. laughs> my brother once told me to try and start learning about scotch because it's kind of like one of those things that like say you're in say you're like 45 and you're vying for your neck your final promotion right the guy right above you who's going to promote you takes you out you go get some scotch right and you start talking about your favorite scotches this sounds like one where you could kind of note on it because it's it does have the gruff right but it's also gruff it, yeah, it's got the gruff, it got the scruff, and it's also approachable, it sounds like. So you could kind of show that balance and that depth of complexity of review. Yeah, you You're don't want to overcompensating. Order, you don't want to order a Cosmopolitan next to this guy. Fuck no. Don't like, do don't. that. Take a Cosmo <laughs> extra cranberry on the side. Just yeah, olives on the don't side, do too. That. And you fill it back up as you, as you drink it. Just have an old fashioned and call it quits. Right. Oh, man. Well, gentlemen, happy birthday. Five years. Bro. <laughs> Thanks. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Uh, great five years it's been. 
If you want to just recount on all the history of Witty Banter, just go to wittybantershow.com. Okay, it's all there. It's spelled out for you. It's as easy as possible. A really like hyper intelligent monkey could do it for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, a if monkey you are with just, an evolved brain for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you just you know are a part of the Apple ecosystem and just can't break away, just go on over to the podcast app. We're in there. You can find us in there. You can find us in Stitcher. You can find us just about anywhere that they have podcasts. For the most part, asterisk next to that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow Chase, you can follow him at Bodacious Chase. You can follow me at probably Max. Guys, I have a crypto diesel video in the making. I just Do gotta, you really? I just, yeah, I just got a. Uh, I, I caught just, a little bit of it when I came in, and let me tell you. My mind is completely opened up. <laughs> this shit's fucking crazy. You guys it's are about it. to rocket to the moon. Absolutely. So keep your eyes posted for that. Uh, <laughs> if you want to just <laughs> follow us all as a whole, of course, you can follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter as well. Anything else to do, guys? Any more housekeeping? Nothing like that? Half a decade down, another half to go. Let's do it, man. I'll see you guys again in another five years. Yeah, all right, cheers. Sounds good. Cheers. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.